Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome to the There's Always Next Year podcast on the Play Like a Jet Network. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. Travis and Josh are not here today. Funny story about that. Uh, but you can find Travis on at, on Twitter at dash thirty seven board twenty seven and Josh at Josh underscore Conrad. We actually uh, they thought we recorded a podcast and I did not actually hit the record button. So eleventh hour, we have a very very special guest, the man, the myth, the legend. Scott Mason is here with us from the Play Like a Jet Network. You can find on Play Like a Jet One on Twitter. Scott, thank you for stepping in. Thank you for being the amazing pinch hitter that you are running an amazing network. How are you doing? Are you excited for the start of the season here? Are you ready? Is it now at, are you now at a point where you just want this first game to be over with? How are you feeling? I'm pumped up, but first of all, I have to say it's an honor to be able to step in for the preacher man and the all-star chef. I've got some big <laughs> shoes to fill figuratively and literally in Travis's case because yes. Travis is a very large human being. 
Yeah, Brian, I'm pumped for this season, man. It's the most excited I've been for a regular season probably since 2016. I hope it goes better than that because after 2015, we thought 2016 was going to be a continuation of that and it ended up being a terrible season. So I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that 2021 is better than 2016, but I think there's a lot of reason for optimism and we'll get into it more as we go along in the podcast, but I do think that the Jets are going to give their fans some things to cheer for this season. Wins and losses, we'll see. I'm not so sure how many wins are coming the Jets way But I think for the first time in a while We're going to get to watch some entertaining football And I know the bar is low, Brian But that's really what I'm looking for right now I think you're exactly right And that was if if I actually had recorded the podcast With Travis and Josh They said very similar things um, I do need to make very clear about this Travis will be at the Carol- the game in Carolina um, so if you are going to the game, if you're flying in from Utah with Zach Wilson's uncle or you're coming down from, from the New York area, look for a very tall gentleman with a kind of salt and pepper beard. He'll probably be wearing green, uh, green, excuse me, green like Warby Parker style glasses and Jordans, green Jordans, um, uh, which he just got recently, and he'll be the only one in the whole stadium wearing a Bryce Hall jersey. So if you see someone wearing a Bryce Hall jersey, you go up to that man, and he will have some whiskey uh, ready for you. So be sure to, if you're going to the game, look for Travis. Travis will be uh, will be in the stands. He's very excited, so he'll give us a Gonzo journalism report next week. Before we talk about the Jets, though, Scott, I have to report on – some fantasy draft things. Uh, I am in the middle of the very end, excuse me, of, of a fantasy draft as we're taping this. And I fully tilted on this draft. This is with a bunch of New York folks, um, longtime Jets fans. Many of them, um, and then go to most of the games in, in New York. These are friends I've been friends with since I, uh, I guess after starting the blog, you, you know, you start to get to know people. And, um, the, this group of, of folks is, uh, the first year we did a league, it was not that hard, and I won, and this is a pretty high-stakes league for me, um, but they're getting better uh, because they keep raising the price tag on this league, uh, which is making me sweat. But um, So here's how the drafts are. So it's like a 2QB league, um, and and so like I almost – I'm super like late-round quarterback guy, and this year the way everything played out, I was like, oh, damn, like look at this, I'm – I'm in the eighth spot. Um, you know, most of the typical guys went off the board right before me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ham in this league this year. And so I I cannot believe I'm admitting the Son of Jets podcast. I take Josh Allen. In, and again, two, two QB league. Um, like, I take Josh Allen with the eighth pick. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott went after me. Travis Kelsey went after me. Um, just go into the second round take, um, you know, take a quarterback, take Saquon Barkley. He was like the best guy left at that point. And this is 12 team league. He goes all the way through later on. I'm like setting up for like this mid mid round run. And I don't know what I was doing. I was sitting in front of my computer. I was staring at the computer. I was ready to take like either Brandon Ayuk or Miles Sanders in like the, the sixth round. Uh, and what do I do? I took Trevor Lawrence. I already had two quarterbacks <laughs> at that point. I, I took Hertz in the third round. And then I took a third quarterback in the sixth round before I'd even filled out any of my flex positions or anything like that. It was a total mess. And so I cannot believe 
uh, I was pretty, it, 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 I just fully tilted from that point throughout the rest of the draft. I was like chasing the draft the rest of the way. My wide receivers are a total mess. My starting, <laughs> my starting tight end is Adam Troutman, um, <laughs> like who I got in the 13th round. And I will say I just ended the draft. Uh, and I did end with your man and my man, Ty Johnson, uh, with my very last pick. So even though uh, I basically have nothing uh, on on the bench at running back position, I did end the draft with Ty Johnson. I want to know what you think about Ty Johnson and his role with the team this year. Before I get to that, I just want to say that you mentioned how Travis is going to be at the Jets-Panthers game on Sunday. Yes. If you see Travis wearing the Bryce Hall jersey, and he should be easy to spot because, as I said, huge man, huge beard. 6'5", 6'6". He's got the glasses. You'll be able to spot him if he's anywhere in the vicinity of you. I want you to walk up to him and say, Travis, big fan of There's Always Next Year. Also, I believe you owe Scott some collard greens. Nice. Hell yes. Telling me for like three years that he was going to give me some of his trademark collard greens. So maybe if people go up to him at the game and put some pressure on him, it'll light a fire under him to finally give me some collard (laughs) greens. But as far as Ty Johnson goes, I really like Ty Johnson. I know this offseason during training camp and everything, Chris Nimbley more than once referred to Ty Johnson's quote, wonderfully powerful thighs, which is a little strange mm. but that's a very nimbly uh nimbly pr- nimbly prose i like it you remember that I show like that's so raven on disney channel that's so nimbly mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so nimbly that's so nimbly it's like it's like waxing poetic it's like a little bit like longing and like wistful um but then like very clear that it's like it's all from like just purely watching these people and being so impressed by them yeah i remember like the first time seeing Brandon Marshall in training camp and being like, God, I'm in love with that guy's thighs. What is, what is going on? This is amazing. Like, this is, whoa, whoa, dude. Like that's crazy. Uh, yes. I totally get it. Nimbly. I totally get it. Somebody had to take Brandon Marshall's place as the thigh captain of the New York Jets. I'm glad it could be Ty Johnson, but I think he's going to be a really nice running back for the Jets this year, Brian. I think the main thing Mm. with Ty Johnson is, you know how it is with running backs. They can come out of absolutely nowhere. Last year, Ty Johnson showed up, and when he was given the ball, he ran very, very well. He looked really good in training camp, according Mm. to a variety of beat reporters that I spoke with about it because obviously we weren't all there for the closed practices. And then he did well in the games in the preseason. And so I think that he's probably going to get the bulk of the carries. I know Michael Carter is going to get some looks and he'll get catches out of the backfield. They've got Tevin Coleman there too. Josh Adams is up on the main roster now. And then eventually we'll see some Michael P. Ryan, if not this week, then week number two, most likely. But I think Johnson is going to be the guy who will get the most carries. I think all the pieces are in place for him to have a really nice year. If he runs to the left side a lot with Mekhi Becton and mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker, no. oh that's my where you'll see some daylight for him. And honestly, Brian, I think for your last pick in that draft, he could end up being a bargain for you. I, I sure hope so because I tilted so hard and I cannot believe that I went early round quarterback for the first time in my <laughs> career. I'm like, I'm like staunch late round guy. And I was like, what the hell? I'm just going to turn it upside down this year. And I, 
I will never do it again. I will never do it again. Even if I get Ty Johnson next year and his powerful thighs every year, I don't know if I'll do it. Um, I will need to ask you some questions about the secondary. Obviously you've covered a lot of this over the last couple of days and weeks. Um, the bless Austin cutting was a big move. Uh, I think more that what I'm interested in, while that's a surprise, I know you've, you've talked about that and folks on the network have talked about that a lot. Um, what do you think about Bryce Hall and what do you think about the other guys in the secondary? Are they ready to take on a larger role here? You know, is this a, uh, was cutting bless Austin a move that was one in which they really have a lot of confidence in their players or like, Hey, we don't know what this year is going to be. And we just want to see how this shakes out to figure out what we have going into next year. What were your, what were your thoughts on that? I like Bryce Hall. I'm not going to go out here and say that I'm 1000% convinced that he's going to be an awesome cornerback or anything, but I liked what I saw from him out of UVA. Travis obviously was hot on his tail the whole time. And so I watched a lot and I liked what I saw from him. And I thought he played fairly well last year in the games where he was active after he got done with the injury. In the preseason, a little bit of a mixed bag. Mostly looked pretty good in training camp from what I was told. So I think he should have a solid year as the Jets' top corner. Now, the one thing that you worry about is he, to me, is more suited, I think, to be covering number two wide receivers most of the time rather than number one wide receivers. So you'd be more comfortable if he wasn't having to go up against these top tier targets. I think he'd be better if they had somebody who's more seasoned in the other spot. But I do think that for a fifth-round pick, he could turn out to be a solid starting corner for them for the next couple of years. As far as Bless Austin, Brian, I'll be honest with you, I was surprised he was cut, but only because he was the only one besides Austin who had, uh, excuse me, he was the only one besides Bryce Hall who has any real experience on the outside because Bless Austin stinks. I hate to say that because he seems like a really good kid. He had like a good run there, like his rookie year, and it was kind of this like weird year. But yeah, it was like it's been all very polarizing. You're you're exactly right. Yeah, he he's hot or cold. He's not very good in coverage. He blew tackles a lot too. So I was surprised he was released, but I had no expectation that he was going to start. I figured that what Salah was doing here, and I guess he was telling you this by not spending big money on a corner, although they did try to get William Jackson, so there's that. But he's looking at these late-round guys, and he's clearly comfortable putting one of them back there or several of them and mixing and matching in his system, Jeff Ulbrich as well, and figuring out along the way which guy could be the guy that goes in there and is the effective starting corner on the outside opposite Bryce Hall. Now, I think you're going to see a lot of different looks. You might see some three safety stuff once Ashton Davis comes back. I think you might see some stuff with linebackers. Sal is very creative. And that's one thing that we're going to have to see with Carl Lawson not being in there is how are they going to creatively game plan around the fact that their big offseason acquisition is not going to be out there? How are they going to be game planning around the fact that they have such inexperience at the corner spot? So it's going to be a challenge for Salah and Ulbrich. But I think most likely... The starting corner is going to be Brandon Eccles, who by all accounts looked very good in training camp, played pretty well in the preseason. And so I think they're going to roll the Mm -hmm. dice with him. And I just feel like they looked at Bless Austin and said to themselves, 
yeah, he's got some experience, but he doesn't fit what we're looking to do, and he's really not a very good quarterback, right. so we might as well get rid of him and see if we can get something out of these younger guys who we see some potential in. This is not to say Bless Austin's an old man or anything, but I think they knew what they had with him. They weren't comfortable with him in any way, so they figured, let's roll the dice a little bit with these guys. We yeah. think we can get something out of them and keep them instead of keeping Bless Austin here. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like it's a devil you don't know situation. Um, and I I fully believe that while this team is gonna be competitive and you know, play in every game and really do their best this year, they really have to know you know, they took a lot of dart throws at the end of the draft, right? Uh, clearly, um, in terms of, you know, secondary players. And so they really want to know going into next year what they have with this group and, you know, give some of these guys a, you know, a trial, uh, baptism by fire, I guess you say. And so they want to know when they go to free agency and they go to the draft next year, uh, what can we count on, right? How, can we count on Bryce Hall? Can we count on Brandon Eccles? Any of these guys, right? Who's, who's going to come through for us? And, and right, maybe they're a two or a three or a four uh, in that ultimate group, but, um, you know, they put a high priority this year, obviously on the quarterback position, on the offensive line, um, on finding some skill position players, uh, you know, certainly, you know, not necessarily, you know, the most coveted skill position players on the planet, um, but, you know, a good group, nevertheless, that next year, they're going to have to turn their attention on uh, some of those resources towards the, the secondary, because right, that's going to be a big part of this group. So I, I fully I'm excited to see this, but yeah, I think we have to be uh, taking an expectation into this season that it's going to be bumpy. <laughs> it's going right. to be bumpy in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And to so just pray that they can bring some pressure up front early. Uh, and, you know, I think with the group, obviously the loss and injury is a, a real disappointment there, um, but they still have a good group who can, who can apply pressure and they've got a great, uh, you know, defensive coach, uh, head coach and, and coordinator who can, um, who can pull that together. So I think, you know, right. They'll try and paper over some of it as, as good as they can this year. Um, I'm curious because I haven't seen a news report. Uh, maybe you have, uh, but I, I, if you saw the report from earlier this week, Sala was very um, mum about who his starting right tackle would be. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, is it going to be Fant or is it going to be Moses? Like, what do you think about that? Who do you think the right player should be, uh, you know, come come the first snap of the offense uh, this weekend in Carolina? I think it should be Moses, and I think it probably will. I'm not sure why he feels the need to be so secretive about this. I'm not sure that it gives him any kind of real competitive advantage, but I just think that Morgan Moses is a better player than George Fant. Now, from what I heard, it was neck and neck in training camp but I think if it's close you go with the guy who has a better proven track record and Moses while last year was his breakout year under the watchful eye of offensive lineman uh, of offensive line coach John Matsko, who is the best offensive line coach in the league and anybody who listens to my podcast knows 
His nephew Larry is a friend of mine, so I am a little bit biased. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, that's a strong take for John Maxco, but okay, it makes, <laughs> makes more sense now. Makes more sense now. He's done a really good job everywhere he's been in Washington last year. He really helped that offensive line. And Moses had a career year, so I think he came in here expecting a start, and I don't think he did anything to lose that spot. So I think that'll be the guy that'll start at right tackle. And look, the thing to me that's interesting about Moses is that most offensive linemen are either really good as pass protectors or really good as run blockers and subpar in the other area. It's very rare that you get a guy that's balanced or that's excellent at both. Obviously, if you get a guy who's excellent at both, that guy is going to be paid a fortune and he's the type of guy that gets franchise tagged and like a franchise quarterback, he's never allowed to leave. Moses isn't a lead or anything like that, but he's better as a run blocker, but still a very solid and competent pass blocker. And you don't get that a lot with offensive linemen, that kind of balance. So I like Moses. I think that he's going to be the starter and I'm looking forward to seeing the chemistry that can eventually take hold with Becton, McGovern, and Van Roten to a lesser extent coming back from last year, and then the new additions mm-hmm. now, assuming Moses takes that right tackle spot, along with the rookie Elijah Vera Tucker as the left guard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I, I almost wondered, and I kind of posed this the other day. I was to some friends was talking saying like, is it possible that that they do some sort of weird rotation? Like, is that even plausible? I know that other teams have tried this out. The Patriots have tried it out. I feel like the Giants tried it out not that long ago, a year or two ago. 
Um, is that something that you think they would do, that they would, they would go into ro- a rotation situation um, or maybe just a, you know, hey, wh- where are we in terms of game and are we up and down and do we need better pass protection or better, you know, like balanced play? Do you, do you, would you ever believe that the Jets would actually set up a rotation at, at tackle on the right side? I don't think they're going to set up a rotation, but listen, you know how it is. It's all about competition. So if Moses or Fant, whichever one wins the job, ends up going out there and not playing that well, then I wouldn't be surprised to hear Robert Salas say it's on the table again this week in practice and it's up for grabs. So I think whoever ends up as a starting right tackle, now they know that they've got somebody breathing on the back of their neck the entire season and that could work either to a positive or negative for that particular player. It could be something that motivates him to play his very best to keep that guy on the bench, or it could freak him out, make him nervous, and all of a sudden he's not playing at his best, and the other guy ends up coming in and usurping him. So it'll be interesting. I don't think there's going to be a full-on rotation, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Moses or Fant starts week one and doesn't play as well as Salah is expecting. Quick quick hook, yeah. Could very well see it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm I'm just saying I'm leaving open the door to the possibility that they use some sort of um, uh, like game situation rotation. Like uh, I know that's weird, and I know that they want to play a balanced offense, but like uh, until I see it, like I just don't know what to expect. But I agree with you. Like if I had to put money on one of these two being the starter. Uh, I mean, I feel like it would be Moses. I know Fant had a good camp, but um, uh, it's it, it actually kind of surprised me that they didn't push one of those guys into a guard spot, like, and then just kind of let the rest sort itself out. But uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see this Sunday, right? Um, speaking of Sunday, I, I wanted to ask you about Zach Wilson. I know you're pretty happy with with what you've seen so far uh, from the young quarterback. Like when you think about what you saw in the preseason, right? We saw, you know, quick releases, uh, you know, snappy passes, great um, location on, on some of those balls. And like, you know, he obviously had an eye for, for Corey Davis uh, in the time that they, those two played together. Like, what are you expecting from him coming out? Or do you expect that, He's going to be put in a situation. I mean, you know, it was pretty good overall, right? Um, but do you think he's going to be put in a situation early in the season where he's going to be asked to win games at the end, or are they going to try and hide him? What do you think this coaching staff will do uh, early to make the transition easy for him, um, and also just not necessarily overwhelm him, uh, all despite what we saw in the preseason? What's interesting about what we saw to Zach Wilson is you heard stories about him having ups and downs in training camp. And what Chris Nimbley said on the podcast is exactly what Zach Wilson said when he was asked about this topic by reporters. And what Nimbley had said was, look, the reason you're seeing up and down is because the Jets are throwing everything at him and they're telling him to try some things to see what he can get away with because that's what practice is for. So sometimes you'll try and make a throw just to see, okay, can I try this in a game? Is this going to work? No, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Marcus May knocked it away or he got the interception. Okay, 
cross that off my list of stuff that I'm going to be willing to try in games. And when you saw the preseason <laughs> games, he was very much taking what the defense was giving him, making very smart decisions. And I think that's what you're going to be looking to see from him and what the coaching staff will expect, at least to start. If you remember when Russell Wilson first came out unexpectedly as the starter with the Seahawks, because remember, they gave all that money to Matt Flynn. They drafted Russell Wilson as a third rounder, not expecting him to be the day one starter, mm. but he was so good at camp that he ended up as the starter. They had the training wheels on him for a while, and it wasn't until towards the end of the season where they started to let him be a little more risky and take some chances. I think... With Wilson, that time will probably come a little bit quicker, but I do think that they're going to want to bring him along slowly, and they're going to tell him a lot of the time, don't go crazy, don't have, cowboy don't have cowboyitis, take what the defense is giving you, and we'll slowly build your confidence up to the point where the more you see, the more you'll realize what you're capable of, and you can try some different things. So I think that's probably what we're going to see in the first couple of games, and I'm really looking forward to watching Wilson, Brian, because... I know you weren't that high on him coming out of college, and I understand because obviously he wasn't playing the top competition, and he was a name that emerged sort of out of nowhere, and there's a lot of reasons why that happened that I've talked about on the show. We don't need to rehash it, but the thing I'm impressed with with Wilson is not just the physical talent, but he is excellent at reading and diagnosing and he's such a hard worker at trying to improve on the things that he's not seeing or reading correctly it's something that he was big on at BYU even in high school and now obviously we've heard a million stories about what he's been doing in practice and everything else and so I think if you look at Sam Darnold and you look at Geno Smith and you look at Mark Sanchez the physical talent was there for all three of those guys now they are all very different quarterbacks that were better at certain things and worse at certain things. But the one thing that was a problem for all three of them was recognition and reading defenses. They all had yep. very big problems. I've talked about this a lot, but Gerard Mayo, the linebacker from the Patriots, used to talk about how when he was playing, if they were up against the Jets, it was Nick Mangold who was calling out the protections because Sanchez couldn't recognize them. Mm. So the Patriots would start yelling stuff to try and distract Sanchez so that he couldn't hear what Mangold was saying and mess him up. I don't think you can get away with that with somebody like Zach Wilson, even at this early stage. And Darnold had a big problem. We saw numerous times. You'd look at him watching the game on TV and say, what was he even seeing there? And Geno Smith, same thing. Geno Smith could get red hot, but a lot of times he just couldn't correctly read the defense. I think with Wilson, he's already at a much more advanced stage than those guys in that area. So I expect to see some smarter football. And knock on wood, I think we're going to see far fewer turnovers, at least in the early going, than we did from those guys. It's going to be a process. I hate to sound like Mike Tannenbaum here. But I think that we're eventually going to see, as the season goes on, more and more risk-taking being allowed based on how comfortable Wilson is. But I think we're going to see a very smart and poised rookie the first few games. I don't expect him to try a lot of crazy throws, maybe one or two sprinkled in. But I think that's what they're going to be looking for, the coaching staff, and that's how they're going to manage him at least over the first couple of games. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. I love that analysis of him and just his ability to diagnose uh, and see things and write. I mean, I think it's the preseason, right? And he only could play against the 
the you know the other teams were were putting in front of him, but to be making such quick decisions, to be getting the ball out of his hand, um, e- you know, even in preseason competition, uh, you know, that was very promising. And right, I mean, something that I know you and I, you know, for the last couple of years watching Sam Darnold was just like, <laughs> oh my god, like stop holding the ball, throw it, and like just to watch him, you know, not see the open man like he's you know he would be you know focused on one player or like trying to throw to a spot and it just it it wasn't going the way he wanted it to and he wasn't willing to um to look off that spot or you know find another you know find his second third fourth option um and wilson is you know obviously doing all that pre-snap calculus and knowing okay this is probably going to be the open person in this situation and if i put it you know on their, you know, back shoulder or against the sideline, either it's going to be incomplete or it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, a nifty catch. And so it's great to see that already. And so I, I certainly have been impressed. Uh, yeah, it's going to be different. The bullets are going to be, you know, real now as we kind of go into the the regular season. Um, but yeah, let's, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this game and kind of the expectations against this team. Obviously Carolina um, has a, Mm, let's say they like the jets are trying to replenish their defense. And certainly they have great people kind of at the different levels. Um, you know, uh, Derek Brown as the de- defensive tackle, you know, he looks to have an improving second year. Um, they have um, Brian Burns and they brought in Hassan Reddick uh, from Arizona. Um, and I think that'll, you know, create some, some trouble for, for the jets up front. Uh, they, in the, in the middle of the field, they had Shaq Thompson and then a bunch of nobodies last year. And then they've really been working to, uh, rebuild their second jets are, and, you know, they got AJ boy, but like he obviously won't be playing in this game, um, due to suspension, uh, from, I think that's a holdover from last year. Right. But they do have JC Horn. So when you think about Carolina and kind of what you know about their defense, even if, their results last year might not match to, you know, where they end the end of this year. What do you think about what the Jets do and what they do well and how that might, you know, interact with this Carolina defense? What are the things they're going to have to, you know, points of focus, let's say, and um, areas of the field that they can take advantage of this Carolina team? As we were saying before, take what the defense gives you is going to be what Zach Wilson's going to be asked mm-hmm. to do all day. But I think, as you said, a young sort of ascending defense in Carolina. There's some sneaky pieces there. Derek Brown had an excellent rookie year. Mm-hmm. You mentioned him. He could be poised for a breakout in year two. And speaking of breakouts, one of the most interesting matchups in this game to me, and there are two really interesting matchups. I'll get to the second one in a, in a second. But the first one to me is Brian Burns going up against Makai Becton. Mm-hmm. I assume that's going to be the matchup. Yeah. Burns. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he's a guy who's been good and getting slightly better those first two years each step of the way. And now he could be poised for that third year breakout. I was talking to Tony Dunn from the C3 Panthers podcast, and he's predicting double digit sacks. It very well could happen because 
Burns had a really good rookie year and a really nice sophomore season. So it'll be a nice mm-hmm. test for Makai Becton. If he can get to Zach Wilson early and often, it could really sway how this game goes. And then J.C. Horn, I'm not sure who he's going to be on, but if he goes up against Elijah Moore, boy, that would be something. If he goes up against Corey Davis, now again, I love J.C. Horn. He was one of my favorite players in the draft. I wanted the Jets to get him really badly. As his stock rose, I started to realize it wasn't yeah. going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen, yeah. Yeah, there was no <laughs> way. But at the same time, he is still going to be a rookie. So no matter how good you yeah. are in your first NFL game, if he ends up having to cover, say, Corey Davis. Now, Corey Davis is not an all-world wide receiver, but he's a very good wide receiver who poses some significant challenges for anybody at the cornerback position with his size and his hands and his toughness and even his open field speed because he's not a guy that clocks in at a 4-3 or anything like that, but he's one of those guys that once he has the ball in his hands or they say he's fast with pads or however you want to put it, he's quick once he gets that ball out in the open field. So if Horn has to face him or if he has to go up against Elijah Moore, that'll be fascinating too because we've heard all about what Elijah Moore has done, the way that he's used his footwork to just juke guys out of their shoes and his speed and just his route running and all that. So I think that the picking on the younger guys in, in that defense might might be the way to go. Uh, I think the, the main thing here is can Derek Brown in that defensive line keep the Jets from effectively running the ball? If they can and they force the Jets to try to win this game on Zach Wilson's arm, I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying it's going to make things a lot tougher, and I don't expect that to be the game plan for the Jets. I think the Jets are going to rely a lot on the wonderful thighs of Ty Johnson, and they're going to give him the ball quite a bit. They are wonderful. And have exactly have him try to sort of set the tone and set the pace and then play off of that with Wilson and the passing game. If they're able to shut the running game down to the point where the Jets have no choice but to just go straight passing, then it becomes a challenge. But as we said, young pieces in that secondary. So there are a lot of X factors there, and I'm curious to see what the Panthers do. Phil Snow, who's been with Matt Rule for a really long time, well-respected defensive coordinator, he's got a challenge ahead of him in trying to figure out who to put on who. But I think that you're looking at two teams on both sides of the ball that are fairly young. I, I think on the offensive side of the ball, they've got more established weapons. The defensive side of the ball, they've got guys like Brown, who could be a breakout candidate. And then, as you said, J.C. Horn, who is an outstanding cornerback. Mm-hmm. I thought the best in the country last year at South Carolina. But what happens early on? Does he have those typical rookie struggles? So it'll be a really interesting chess match here between... Phil Snow on the Carolina side and the new offensive coordinator for the Jets, Mike LaFleur. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think that's exactly where, where I was going to as I kind of thought about it and the way the game sets up is the Jets are going to want to try and establish that run. It's going to be hard with players like Derek Brown and then right, um, you know, Burns and, and Reddick kind of on, on either side and Shaq Thompson, you know, floating somewhere in the middle there. Um, that's gonna. That's not gonna be an easy task for them. And so, when you think about it, right? If they want to win this game, they're gonna have to rely on their quarterback a little bit. They're gonna have to rely on trying to take advantage of, you know, an inexperienced secondary, much like the Jets have. Um, and right, you think about the other side of the ball, where um, where you know our our Jets defense is gonna be going against the Panthers. Um, 
man, they have skill position players for days, right? Between, you know, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, uh, former Jet Robbie Anderson. Um, they bring in Terrace Marshall. I don't really know what I, what I expect from him this season. Um, but, you know, just in those, you know, three, four players, um, that's a pretty good uh, array of, of places that Sam Darnold can go with the ball. Now, obviously, the question is, can Sam Darnold make decisions on time, um, <laughs> which we which we know well is hard. Well, but you know he was also with a with a different looking team. Um, do you the Jets? Some of the players, not all the players, and right the coaching staff is different. But if you're the Jets defensive coordinator and Jets defensive coaching staff, like how are you going to try and disrupt um, this great skill position team? Um, you know, who has a, a guy distributing the ball who we know well. Um, but, you know, you, you can't replicate a CMC. You can't replicate a DJ Moore. That's, that's really hard to do. How, how do you take those players out of the game with the pieces the Jets have, as we said, you know, um, young and inexperienced secondary, you know, good defensive line um, and linebacking core and what do you do? What, what would you do if you're, if you're in their shoes? I think if you're the Jets, you really have to lean on the strength of your defense, which is, if we're being honest, the interior defensive line with Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, Foley Fadakasi, Sheldon Rankins. You got to use those guys to try and turn up the heat on Sam Darnold, as we've seen over and over again for the pre for the past three years, mm -hmm. when Darnold is forced into bad situations, he often turns the ball over and gives the opposing team an opportunity. We saw it, as I said, over and over and over again. So I think that's where you go because they don't have the pieces at edge rusher. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't try to utilize Bryce Huff or Shaq Lawson or whoever and maybe even do some safety blitzes or corner blitzes or whatever it is you need to do, some exotic looks to try and confuse Darnold. I think you also have to make a show of picking on that Carolina Panthers offensive line because if you talk to anybody mm -hmm. who's a Carolina Panthers fan, what they're going to tell you is they're terrified of that line. That offensive line is really weak. Taylor Moten is really the only good established piece on that offensive line. So if you can use that defensive line to dominate in the trenches early on, basically put those offensive linemen on their butt and make Darnold run or make him... Yeah, get off schedule mm -hmm. in any way, right, yep. yeah. If you can do that, listen, obviously we know Christian McCaffrey is one of the best all-purpose weapons in the league, if not the best. It's probably either him or Saquon Barkley at this point. And then you've got Robbie Anderson. We know what Robbie can do, and he obviously had a really nice year for Carolina last year. We know what DJ Moore can do. I think he's another guy that could have a real breakout. He was good last year, but it's possible if Sam Darnold does well this year that DJ Moore could mm -hmm. step it up another other notch so there are guys there that are going to be a big problem we talked about how the Jets have a lot of inexperience in that secondary particularly at the cornerback spot so it'll be up to Sal and Ulbricht to figure out how to best deal with Robbie Anderson how to best deal with uh, uh, with uh, DJ Moore I don't know as you said what Terrace Marshall's going to do but I like him a lot I think Overall, in the long term, he'll be a nice piece for them. We'll see what he does in game number one. But McCaffrey's another one. Look, they can use him out of the backfield, but if the defensive line can dominate that offensive line, it'll make it a lot tougher for McCaffrey to do anything 
at least as a running back. So I think that's what they have to do. They have to rely on the defensive line to turn up the heat early, and then they have to try and, and throw out some exotic blitzes to mess with Sam Darnold. If they can do that effectively, then I think they've got a good chance. I said this to the guys on the C3 Panthers podcast when I was on with them a couple of days ago, and I'm sure you'll 100% know what I'm talking about after three years of watching Sam Darnold. If this becomes a good Sam Darnold game, the Jets are in trouble. If this becomes right. a bad Sam Darnold game, then this could be a lot of fun for Jets fans on Sunday. So it may all just come down to, do we see bad Darnold or do we see good Darnold? And right. last year we saw almost exclusively bad Darnold. If the Jets can keep that trend going, there's, a, would say, a fairly decent chance that they could come out on top on Sunday. You talk about good Darnold and bad Darnold, and yeah, it's funny because like you look at his stats like on an aggregate, you know, and you're like, okay, I mean, I get it. He's a young quarterback. You know, he he's not posting, you know, super crazy great, you know, QB ratings <laughs> at the end of the season. You just look at that one line, uh, but then if you look at the games, as you say, you get like you know super low games, and then you know a couple you know high flyers, and then it, it averages out, and so. Right. If if the Jets can get him off schedule, I really think that's that's a great plan. And I, I agree. I totally agree with you. It's like if you can apply that pressure because you just don't have that that strong and kind of, you know, veteran uh, secondary, like you have to bring pressure up front. And that, you know, it's it's always the way. Right. You, you're you're never going to have, you know, hit first round draft picks at every position on offense or defense. So you have to work with what you have. You certainly want to play a balanced type uh, game, but if you have a young secondary, then you've got to do things to step it up to, to help them out. Or if you have a really experienced secondary and a bad you know, front unit, then you know, you've got to do things from a secondary perspective to, to help out uh, kind of the, the front, the front unit. So uh, I I think that that's going to have to be the game plan for them. And so, right, if they can rattle him and get to him and uh, get him off schedule, like we saw that he's good if you kind of bootleg him out of the pocket. But then, right, he's only has that one side of the field to work with. At least that's what we saw over the last couple of years. So, um, so if you can get him out, get him rolling, um, I think that puts them in a good situation. But, right, if you're going to do that, then, like, you really have to bracket cover someone like, you know, DJ Moore or, you know, more, maybe more importantly, Christian McCaffrey, because, right, if, you know, one dump off and one missed tackle to Christian McCaffrey, and, you know, that's seven points, mm -hmm. right? So, like, it's, it's going to be an interesting chess match, I think, on both sides, because both of these teams have deficiencies. They're certainly trying to build towards the future. Um, but I think it's going to be a good litmus test for who and what this team will be this year. So, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, all right. Before we go, uh, any, um, anything we know where we can find you play like a jet on Twitter, play like a jet, um, podcast, anything else you want to talk about things that you're doing this season or new things or new shows or anything going on you, you want to tell us about or promote? Well, before I get to that, I have to say that I'm very disappointed that we've gotten this far into the podcast and mm. you have not made a Golden Girls reference, Brian. Ah, uh, I know. Would, would I this know. be it's so there's late, always next I'm so tilted from my draft. <laughs> I know. I actually was going to make an Army of Darkness 
reference because you talk you're talking about good good Sam and bad Sam and all I could think about was uh, in in our movie Army of Darkness, the amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the one guy's like, "You're good Ash, and I'm bad Ash." Good two shoes. That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about um, Blanche and and Rose at that moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What if we had Bruce better. Campbell as a guest star on an episode of The Golden Girls? Wouldn't oh, that have been amazing? Oh my god! Wouldn't that be amazing? I wonder. I mean, Bruce Campbell. You never know. That show ran for a long time, and Golden Girls. Yeah, take no. a look. See if we can find it. Let's Google this. But true story. No. Do you remember that show in the heat of the night with Carol O'Connor, yes. who obviously played Archie? Oh my Bunker? God! Yes. One day I was watching. Now it was an old episode from I think 1989 or something like that. Have you ever watched either The Shield or Justified with Walton Goggins? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 So you know Walton Goggins. I know him. I know him. Okay. He was also in The Hateful Eight and uh, I mean, lots of great movies. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was on one of my favorite HBO shows. Um, Vice Principals. Uh, Vice Principals. Thank you. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that show. Another that was classic. so good. Danny McBride. This is why I love watching old episodes of TV shows, because a lot of times you'll see guys that make appearances before they become famous. Law and Order has been notorious for this. You could watch almost any episode of law and order and point out like two or three people and go, Holy cow, that's so-and-so that's this guy. There's that guy. They actually did a marathon one time of law and order episodes featuring actors who later went on to fame in the Sopranos. It was just back-to-back wow. episodes of people. That Cause it's that them. New York, right? Cause it's mm-hmm. New York production company. That yep. totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yep. So with, Love Wal- it. with Walton Goggins, who was, Boyd Crowder. If anybody that listens to mm-hmm. play like a jet, you should at least have some sort of working knowledge of Justify by now because Nimbly and I oh, talk about it so much. Talk about it all the time. It's so good. It's such a good show. One of, one of my favorites. And so he was Boyd Crowder on there. He was obviously one of the crooked cops in The Shield. And then you mentioned a couple of the other ones. He was in Vice Principals and a bunch of different movies and so on and so forth. Actually, Downtown Anderson in that terrible Major League Three movie, which is, I don't know why they even made that movie. <laughs> I never saw it. I never even saw it. You are missing anything, uh, Ryan. Don't see it. Trust me. It'll, it'll tarnish the memory of the other two movies. <laughs> but he was in this episode of In the Heat of the Night. And I said, oh my God, is that Walton Goggins? Because he looked so young, but I couldn't help but think it had to be him. I mm-hmm. looked it up. It was his very first acting role, and he was 18 years old. It was like a very little bit part on this random episode. So that's what I'm saying with Bruce Campbell. As you said, that show was on a long time. You never know. Yeah, sadly, no. I looked. Uh, I looked. I don't think so. Very sad. Very sad. Um, But yes, it was on a long time, but not long enough to get get Ash on there uh, with his chainsaw hand. So very very sad. Very sad. uh, I love Walton Goggins and uh, he's, he's hilarious, but I think, um, you know, one of my favorite characters has to be uh, Patton Oswalt. God, what is his name on the show? Unjustified <laughs> Constable Bob. Constable yes. Constable Bob. Bob. Yes. Constable yeah. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. I remember like watching that. I, it was not, it was, the show was maybe finishing its run when I started watching it. And, you know, you watch through a bunch of episodes and it's always funny when you see someone and he just shows up in like whatever, like season three or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, like Pat Oswald's on here. This is amazing. Oh, love it. Now, remember, if you're at the game and you see a guy in a Bryce Hall jersey with green glasses, what are we going to tell him? 
get Scott collard greens. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's right. been promising well, me those for three years, Brian. Yeah, three three years. years. Only years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at this point, like you could have FedExed, you know, dry iced collard greens around the world. You you could have like sent them to Saturn and back, right? Uh, like, and they would they would have gotten to you at this point. So, like, I, I don't know what the excuse. Is. I'm going to get some collard greens and I'm going to put them in dry ice and I'm going to send them to you. That is my promise. That's my promise. <laughs> the, the amount of time that has gone by, Ethan Hawke could have made a sequel to Boyhood at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go, Scott. Thank you so much for pinch hitting for me. Thank you for um, calling me out on the lack of Golden Girls reference. Everybody, please, if you haven't rated and reviewed uh, the Play Like a Jet podcast feed, please be sure to do that. Please be sure to follow Play Like a Jet on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One and look for lots of great coverage this weekend. Um, Scott, as always, thanks. And we will have to have you back soon. And we will have to have a report on the collard greens before the season's out. First of all, thank you for allowing me to pinch hit. And second of all, Travis, I want my collard greens. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.